Hello, welcome into episode 245 of Keithman's Craft Collective. I'm Louise and today I've got a blather with Neptune, what's crack, hello section and the moon section. So get your cup of tea or your dram or your pims with it being summer now here in Keithness and I'll let you know what a crack's been in Keithness this past month. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping I've burned your ears off there. Hello, you in the bath. How are you doing? Right now for the blather. Neptune. My space theme continues, but without the sound effects, because I'm using my phone to record this because Richard's working just now and his laptop is the one that has the sound effects on it for the fancy cool editing. So sorry, ears. Um, but I thought it would be better. To for my schedule to put this out during the day as opposed to later on tonight. Um, but apologies for yours. I'll try and remember and make sure my labels are right for the next rest of this episode. However, we're not going to have cool space theme music like we've had in the past ones. Um, I can try and beatbox them, but it's not going to sound the same. So my space theme continues with the planet Neptune. I was going to talk about the harbour in the sea this episode and think, oh, I'll just leave the space theme for the next episode. But then I remembered the Roman god Neptune's planet. Haha! <laughs> I've just finished listening to Odysseus about the Greek character and all the gods and their god of the sea was Poseidon. So it's not quite as kismet as I wanted, but it's not far off. Yeah. So factoids about Neptune. Um... <laughs> Normally I would have factoids, duh, 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 boom, 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 boom. but I'm not, so you can just pretend. Neptune is the eighth planet of the, from the sun. It is named after the Roman god Neptune and its astronomy symbol is a trident, which I thought was quite cool. It was discovered in 1846, so it's a relatively new known planet. It is 17 times the mass of Earth, making it a decent size. It has 14 known moons, so might be hiding a few. It is an ice giant and has rings like Saturn. It looks blue when photographed by the Voyager 2 in 1989 and has a big blue spot for its weather system because it has clouds. So it's not just ice, it's got clouds as well. It is far, far away. I think it must be on Shrek. In knitting, we have some dis inspired designers. First up, and I really like this one, is Geet Gulher's Neptune Jumper. This is a fair isle polo neck with bell sleeves. And the fair isle stripes are in the shape of a trident, which I didn't actually understand. I just thought, oh, I quite like the design of that. And then I was reading the blurb that she's got in her pattern. And it said that it was in the design of a trident. I thought, ah, oh, I see what you did there. Because I wasn't quite grasping why she had called it Neptune. However, I quite like that aesthetic of vertical, almost all the way up and down, but in a trident-shaped stripes. Um, Maybe, I don't know if I'm a bell-shaped sleeve person, because, like I said the last episode, I like... A thinner sleeve on account of I don't like getting wet sleeves when I go to wash my hands or the dishes or whatever and I'm constantly doing that so I would maybe not do that but I just like the design of the rest of it. Very clever and it's actually a free pattern which 
same in these <laughs> austerity times. Um, we quite like free. Although, to be fair, the designer still deserves to be paid as well. So um, we have to kind of like use our money wisely, I think, because just now. The jumper is an ara and lace weight, so I think this would be quite quick to rattle up, maybe for you in the southern hemisphere in your winter. For us in summer, there is a crocheted beach dress, and this is called Neptune Beach Dress by Tasha Margate. You could rattle this up pretty quickly to cover over your swimming costume. In knitting, there's a lovely fair isle hat by Pam Gabriel called Sabier Neptune Fair Isle Hat. I can't actually read my writing there, sorry. Sabier? Mm, yeah, I'm going to say Sabier. Which has a trident front and centre and lots of waves and bubbles motifs. And this is made in worsted weight for a hat. There's quite a few shawls and wraps, mostly blues, greens and turquoises to reflect the sea theme of Neptune. Julius Baraclef's Neptune Nate is one that stood out to me the most quite I, I want to I wanted to say hippie but it's not I don't know it's kind of um she's wearing it over her forehead and then she's got it wrapped around her neck so it's kind of like a head tie but she's got little shells on it so not something I would wear but it stood out the most to me it's still pretty cool and lovely colors in crochet you could make a king neptune doll by Charmaine Patterson or You Knit Me Too. I like the second one best. His face is pretty cool. Also, there's a few planetoid aragurumis. My favourite being Caput Mortums because the colours are more correct because it's got a blue big cloud, like a big blue spot. Um, if you're hearing a crack on, I've actually put my radiator on because <laughs> it's a little bit cool upstairs. This is shocking. Um, it won't be on for very long, but just to take the chill out of the air. Neptune is quite far, far away, and it wasn't discovered until 1846, so it isn't the most influential of planets, well, with the Sun and Mars and the closer ones being discovered a lot long before then. But the sea on Earth is most certainly influential. Its seaweed captures carbon, its ice caps store carbon and regulate the Earth's heat, and its tide comes in and it goes out twice a day every day. Not at all the same time, just to give, shake it up a bit, but the god Neptune, quite a busy god I would imagine. So friends of the show will be happy to hear that the seaweed near the end of the slipway at Harrow Harbour that I mentioned in the first lockdown, <laughs> 2020, has survived the winter. Hooray! <laughs> it's enjoying the tide coming in and out twice a day. Today we were walking the dog and we saw shell ducks, which are a little bit more unusual than the normal mallards and eider ducks that we get. And this weekend has been extremely busy with orcas around the Caithness coast. On Thursday afternoon I got a message from a pal who also keeps missing <laughs> to see them, the orcas, to say that there were some off a huna which is nearest John O'Groats. It's in between um, John O'Groats and Canisby. And they were heading west. So went and sat out with my binoculars in my back garden overlooking the sea. I waited for nearly two hours. 
later to find out, no, it wasn't what I'd been spotting. Um, and they were spotted from the ferry going north to Orkney of the east side of Stroma. And all them wave crests that I saw, wasn't sure, weren't orcas. So I was like, Ugh. And then, excuse me, making paper noises here. On Saturday night, they were down near Naomi's house. And they were in the bay there. I'd fallen asleep. And it was pure and utter uh, David Attenborough killing seals orca action. Totally missed it. Apex predators. I'm not going to go into the details, but poor things. And then I goes on Sunday to school to Woodstain, our amazing outside hut that we just got. And I think a hobbit hut. A it's like a octagonal hut with shingle roof, hobbity looking and it's from a company called Logspan and it's really really cool so they raised a lot of money for it and it was getting wood stained by me this weekend and came back as I was coming back telling Sandy who had been helping me, thank you Sandy I'd missed the orcas last night because I was asleep and got in the house, Richard says, do you get my message? no, what? thinking, oh something bad's happened no He'd just been spending the past 20 minutes looking at the orcas out in the bay. I was like, oh, for goodness sake. So I missed them again. I was like, that's my superpower now, missing orcas. <laughs> and I was raging. Raging are them before raging. I kept looking. And I had kind of decided that I was only interested then if an orca flung a seal up and rang my doorbell to say it was actually there. But we kept looking. You know that way that you look at the spot that you last left something that you've now lost and accuse the spot of lying to you for the thing that is not there being anymore that's lost. I'm pointing. And then Richard goes, oh, oh. and then he went, there she blows. <laughs> it wasn't actually a Moby Dick, but it was a pod of four orcas. This is my second time ever seeing them. And whilst they weren't right close, they were amazing to watch. And I think they were there about an hour. We watched them outside for a good 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And uh, there was a holiday cottage across the bank from us. Um, and the guy was standing at the window looking at what we were doing. And he came out and we shouted, Orcas! There's Orcas! And then people appeared driving around. The entourage, they appeared. Um, and... I don't know why because or how because it wasn't from us that said it but there's a bit of a um, Facebook page that have them on to where they are so you can kind of track them if they're about but like I say they mark us can't do anything without us looking at them one dorsal fin was absolutely huge that organ must have been about the size of an 18 van they circled quite a bit and they breached and we saw tails and fins and orca and it's really, really cool. I totally recommend if you ever get the chance to do it, do it. I can see why the entourage entourages them and drives around and then had to reverse back up the road because <laughs> it was really cool. We had the best view, I think, because we had a bit of height and they went quite far out, actually, by the end of the sighting and um, we were looking at them through the binoculars. At the same time as that excitement, there was three seals in the harbour casually playing wondering why there were so many cars and people there and where Carl was. Rest in peace, Carl. I can safely see that the sea did not disappoint. 
So, Neptune, pretty good. Pretty good show. Okay, I'm remembering to turn the music down and then the sound back up for me talking. I really hope that this isn't too bad in your ears. You have been warned at the start. Right, so hello section. Hello to you, to me, listeners. You've been with me for a while, listeners, and been with me forever, listeners. I very much appreciate you taking the time to tune in, and I hope that whatever you're doing is this is getting you through it. If you're doing them dishes, scrub harder. If you're just sitting and knitting, oh, I'm enjoying that. If you are going to work, you can do this. I hope your job is awesome. If you're coming home from work, yay, you can go do some knitting. A hello to Jessica of Little Twig Designs, who is a fellow Jimmy Reese fan. Apparently, he used to be our equivalent of Mr. Tumble. <laughs> Which, now seeing him and the, some of the choice languages he uses, I couldn't ever imagine G A Justin of Mr. Tumble fame swearing. However, <laughs> I'm an adult. So, um, sorry Jessica, I don't know why I called you Heather, but um, yeah, anyway. Hello to Suzanne Cotton. I hope that you enjoyed your Cactol holiday as much as we did, but I'm sad that it was a week later than us. The lovely male ski nets, whom I'm just about to catch up listening to and messaging after I speak to you guys. You guys. The lovely Barbara Robson. Thank you. I got your message. Um, I will reply in a minute once I've done this too. The lovely Louise of Woolwork. The Hannah K. Ross, Get Back in My Pocket. And Erica Eccles. And especially to you on the bus or the train or the plane or the automobile or just sitting on your butt on the couch or outside. Just hello to each and every single one of you. All right, fingers at the ready here, Louise. Volume down, music on. Volume down, music on. I'm telling you, I'm really good at this. <coughs> anyway, what's a crack? My sea theme continues. Sometimes just the universe sets things up and you're like, oh, there's another one. So I was down checking the boat ropes. Oh, this isn't a good one. Oh, the Jubilee Friday day off a week and Friday ago. I hope you had a lovely weekend with, if you got the extra days off. We got one of the days off. We didn't get two. But, um... I was down walking the dog and checking the boat for Richard because he had gone off to Kyle Skew with Sandy and the canoe. He bought a canoe last year and he loves it. Oh, my little wee deer just made a funny noise. I've turned it off. Just, it's heated me through and it's fine. Um, so he goes off with Sandy and the canoe and beautiful, beautiful sunny weekend. I hope you all had sun cream on. Goes to check the boat. And then I stepped back onto a chain that I knew was there and promptly fell over and sprained my ankle. <laughs> Ow! So it scuppered my plans for the weekend that weren't very exciting anyway, but it meant I couldn't do the gardening and I couldn't do the wood staining that I had planned to do or taking Daisy into Thurso and buying her lunch. However, it was only really a level one sprain and I had a very amazing Daisy to help me. She was probably fed up being a nurse by the end of it, to be perfectly honest. But, um, ow. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
My camping weekend, meeting Angela was good. That is by the sea. Um, Clacktall is a small village up on the west coast, five miles north of a village called Lochinver, where they have the most amazing pie shop. Um, five miles is not a very pleasant road. Um, wouldn't want to have to do that on the commute. But you can take a caravan and a septic tank lorry down it because I saw both of them. <laughs> well, saw more than one caravan to be fair. So it mostly stayed dry, but it was quite cold. We got there as the torrential rain stopped, thankfully, and our friend Amy Sutherland had been doing an um, amazing adventure of the Cape Wrath Trail. And this was, it was like a race, a running race, where they run from Fort William to Cape Wrath over, I think, eight days, and then they camp out every night. And the weather they had was just horrendous, so she is a legend. And everybody else that did that, complete legend, so well done. Even if you didn't complete it, it was an amazing adventure to start off with. So we stopped at, um, oh, I can't remember now. We stopped actually in the torrential rain just to let the showers pass, and I was looking going, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? But... I could see in the west that the sky was lighter and as we got there, it stopped. And whilst it did rain a little bit, it wasn't too bad. So we got the tent up and whilst we were being watched, because you remember I said, oh, I don't want to be watched. Turns out it was quite a good thing to be watched because a lovely couple with a German shepherd came over and borrowed us their electric pump for the air mattress that I had. Because um, I'm going squeak, squeak, squeak with the pump. And the dog looked at me and put the sideways head on and I looked over and I said, I'm really sorry, doggy, but this is going to carry on for a while. And she came over and um, she was dead nice, dead chatty. And she said, do you want to borrow this? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I tried feeding her back some sweeties that we had, but she was having none of it. And it was really friendly corner that we had. And we had um, a older manny that came the next day by himself, put up his tent. And then we saw him speaking to somebody else who was putting up their tent and offering them their his mallet. So it was just quite a nice atmosphere. Next to us were the best people ever, a couple of knitters. And um, it was just really nice, so I had a chat with them. And I have a feeling that I've met one of them before. She looked kind of familiar, so a huge hello to you, my lovely tent neighbour. Um, and then there was... <laughs> And Wesley was lovely, he was just really loud. He had this really loud voice. And he was driving a German car, but somebody said he was Swiss. And he was by himself with the tiniest level little tents. And But when you were sitting, and I was sitting with the car door shut, I was inside the car, I could hear every single word of his conversation with the person across the campsite. <laughs> but I love that about campsite life. It's just, you meet lots of different people. And you learn different stories and um, it's people coming together to sort of, you're in the same thing because, I mean, the weather wasn't brilliant, brilliant, but it wasn't awful, awful. So you're in the same experience and Clachtall, um is just an amazing campsite. It's fabulous, really top class. Even of kettles that you can use and hot water bottles that you can borrow. And the toilets were clean, showers are good, dog station, 
dog friendly um, definitely go back there and recommend it to you too we did sadly miss Rubblescraft Helen because she was down in Edinburgh meeting her sister and she doesn't get to see her sister very often so I mean I cannot be disappointed in not seeing her or buying more yarn which I didn't need in the first place so I was pleased for Helen that she was away enjoying herself but I was a little bit sad that I didn't get to see hello Angela and Daisy had a swim in the sea and we had a really lovely but slightly bracing dog walk along the shoreline with her lovely dog Harris and we went to a well-preserved broch which is an Iron Age dry stone hollow walled structure if you come to Scotland and mostly the north do try and look out the brochs um, they're quite interesting actually just how people managed to build back then and how the fact that they're still here Daisy and I saw eagles on the way home and we sat and watched the rabbits rabbiting about and the sheep fighting the sheep were fighting Daisy was like oh look at that as one sheep butted the other off this hill <laughs> rolled down the hill and we were sitting playing cards Daisy is a card shark and speaking of the lovely Angela of Scotch Tweed, she has just taken stock of some lovely blankets. I've just got lovely twice in that sense, but that's because it's Angela. And she's some throws and some picnic blankets, which are perfect for your summer outings, be it to Clactall or just your local park or even your back garden. www.scotchtweed.co.uk Until we meet again, my friend. Until we meet again. Um, oh, the Shetland Wool Week hat has been published this week. It's called Bonnie Isle and it is designed by Linda Shearer and it has anchor motifs, wave motifs and a crown with a wheel. Now she says it's a spinning wheel but you could really think of it as the helm of a boat. So if you go onto her Instagram page you will see all the different colour suggestions knitted up and I was thinking oh I wonder if would like that. And then I showed it to him just now and he went, hmm, it's a bit too long. I don't like the idea of it going over my eyes. Maybe I'll just make it for me. Because I don't mind if it's a bit slouchy at the back or even roll the brim up a bit as well. Um, I would like it in blues. She has got 18 versions of different colour themes on her Instagram page. I like her green and white version that she's got as well. It's quite cool. It's kind of colours but to be perfectly honest have it in all colours because uh, anchors aren't just grey or blue in fact you don't get blue anchors you get rusty red ones because <laughs> they're always rusty looking and you get all sorts of different colours of the sea today it's quite a murky browny colour I think that at some point the seaweeds have been blasted to bits and they're just still coming up it's not always blue and turquoise, but um, or clear, and the reflection of the grey sky today. The world's your oyster when it comes to your colour schemes for your hat. So I'm really looking forward to seeing my Instagram feed full of cast-ons, finished objects of the Bonnie Isle Shetland Wool Week hat. Lately, I was listening to a bird singing outside of my woodpile, and I thought. Oh, be good if there was a bird Shazam app. And Richard went, hmm? 
I says, well, I've been hearing this bird singing this past few nights, and I was thinking if it was a um, blackbird. I'm not sure. And then I looked it up. And Shazam is, if you don't know, an app that if you're listening to the radio or somewhere and there's music playing, you can press Shazam and it identifies what song it is after normally three or four seconds, unless it's a really, really, really um, obvious introduction. <laughs> there is a game called Hurdle that I know some of you play, and we play it too. And you have to guess the song, and it gives you like 0.1 of a second. And then if you, you take a guess, and I think you get six guesses with so many, it goes up to six seconds or something. So we do cheat, and we use her, uh, Shazam for it, but it's it's quite good fun, actually. And then I looked up Bird Shazam, and there is a bird app called Bird Nerd. B-I-R-D-N-E-R-D. Because there are two R's in that, I struggled to say that because I'm Scottish, and we do. <laughs> I don't know why, it just is. And it's still sort of in testing mode, but you can use it, and um, it works reasonably well. And we went down the harbour, it took us ages because it kept stopping and bird nerding, or bird shazamming the different birds. Although, to be perfectly honest, I knew what it was. I was like, I'm going to test it on the rain, because I know what the rain sounds like. I mean, I was like, well, these are definitely swallows, but it came up with something random. And I'm, mm, that's not right. And, but the one that was on the wood pile was actually a thrush, which is fine. I just thought I'd had a blackbird move in somewhere near me because I don't get that many blackbirds at my area. I must have their own trees or shrubs or something for it. Um, so when I mentioned hurdle, there's worldall, uh, wordle, flagall, and disc wordle. Worldall, which is W-O-R-L-D-L-E, is where you get the outline of a country it's coloured in black as well and there's all the different countries in the world and Great Britain to me is dead easy to identify but you have to you get so many choices to identify so it's a really good way of looking at your geography because it comes up with anywhere and everywhere the most obvious one so far being New Zealand <laughs> and then there's countries have had forgotten existed. I like to think that I know where all the countries are because I've always, always loved maps and atlases and looked at and can kind of identify where most places are but and whilst there is over 200 odd countries I don't have that great a memory so sometimes I forget and there's countries that have changed names that I'm struggling to remember so it's really good for um, learning things. Uh, now there's a new one that my friend told me about the other day and it's quotes from Terry Pratchett's book and it's called Discworldle which I thought was so clever. So if you're a Discworld fan and you've read the books then it gives you five options to guess the quote, the guess the book from the quote. So I really like that and I will put the um, link to this in the show notes when I do them at some point today. Woo, Perth! Um, Perth Yarn Fest is going to be on 10th and 11th of September at, and they're going back to the Dewar Centre 
which um, was where I was at when they had it. And then they moved to the station hotel with, with COVID times. And the tickets will go on sale on the 2nd of July. Now, it's still in the planning stage, so we don't know exactly who's going to be there or showing or um, doing what. But the podcaster's queue for going along was posted this week and Eva nudged me. And I was like, do you know, I hadn't even thought that far ahead because we haven't even decided what we're going to do for summer holidays yet. Um, So it was really nice to be prodded and let me know if you're going. I'm totally pondering this, but I need a plan and a gang set up. So if you're going to be my BA Baracus, my face, my Burdock or my Hannibal, send me a message. So Eva is setting up a really exciting weekend and then I get to say, woo, Perth, quite a lot in the future. And it also then reminds me of Tipsy Nuts of um, when they would say, woo, Perth. But it would be really, really nice to get crack with everybody. Oh, right. Fingers time again. Let's see if I can do this uh, slickly and you never even notice I've done it. Yeah, you probably Oh, that's enough of that. Me, 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 me section. Yeah, I just think of Beaker from the Muppets when he goes, me, 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 me. Uh, oh, speaking of me, 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 uh, Mother and I are going to see Andrea Bocelli at the, the Cali Thistle Stadium on the 1st of July. So quite excited about that. My mum loves him. She's loved him for years and has most of his CDs. In fact, so much so that she got bought two of the same CD by me and my brother. For Christmas recently, after me telling my brother that that's what I was going to buy mum as part of a Christmas present, and he still went and got it. However, um, we'll probably be listening to one of these as we drive down and back because trying to find some accommodation in Inverness that's not staying at my pal Maury's because I don't really want to invite me and my friend, me and my mum, to a concert that she's not going to. Um, it's not cheap because the Holiday Express is starting at £300 because I've left it so late. However, I'm quite okay for driving there and back, and I think it'll be a maze balls. Uh, in actual crochet and uh, crafty news, I've not touched, other than to move it out the way, my crochet Coventina cardigan by Dora Does, mainly because I'm actually afraid of it. <laughs> Shocking. Maybe I'm just too lazy to actually try and make sure that I've made a mistake and no, I don't really want to know if I've made a mistake or not because it's... But I don't have any confidence in myself. I think that's what it is. However, I have an interesting fact. Wait. Um, ooh, that reminds me. I'll write something down and come back. Aha, you're going to love this later. But actually, you probably won't care. But Right, interesting factoid. Coventina is the Roman goddess of Wales. And other than a hole in the ground where water things contains, collects, collects, yes, that's a word. And the designer was inspired by a plaque on Hadrian's wall of the goddess Coventina. Um, and I'm inspired by fun Granny Janet, who has just completed walking Hadrian's wall with her sister. I very much enjoyed watching her pictures and videos on Instagram and Facebook because of we were social 
gift bodies, especially the mole one and the finished line faces. So well done, fun Granny Janet. Clapped. I would have put the effect on, but I don't know how to turn it off, so I'm not going to. But for you, Janet, you are amazing. So maybe after I put this out and put show notes out and stuff, I should really try and get back to that. Listeners. <laughs> if I don't mention it in the next episodes, because I didn't. However, that is not me actually improving my crochet skills, is it? That's me just running away from the factoid. So, I have been working on a vanilla sock using West Yorkshire Spinners 4-ply. I had this away with me to clack tall, but um, I'd pretty much decided that it was looking too wide. And then I thought, I don't think that these are my usual size of needles. After getting to about 4 inches worth of knitting. Okay. <laughs> And he said that they were too big. So I ripped it out back to where the rib was and then I changed down needle sizes and I think I'm on 2.5 or I don't know, it's definitely 2 millimetre of some sort. And I did 5 rows of rib to sort of cinch it and now I'm back to where I was before. And I've been knitting on these whilst I sit in my garden when it's not raining and not cold. And I did a fair bit with my ankle propped up last week. Um, I've also been working on my Severine cardigan by Vanessa Smith. I managed to get past the sleeve separation and it's top down. And now steady as she goes, Captain. Some sailing. Let's see what I did there. Down the back. This is not around the world in a 80 days journey. This is an Odysseus journey. <laughs> Just going to take a while. Um, it's got cables every second row and then you've got to do increase, decrease in various places and colour coded and yeah. So it's just steady as she goes. I finished listening to Odysseus on Audible. I had the Iliad and the Odysseus read by Anthony Hailed. Um, it was a two book package and I thought he was very good. I preferred Odysseus because there was more kind of adventure and um, stuff going on than just fighting <laughs> the politics than the Iliad. Because how many times do you need to hear somebody's dead? I found that the Iliad, whilst it was all names and sort of stories that I'd heard before and who hasn't seen the Troy by Brad Pitt film, well, you've not. Oh, see, it's not true. It's not the way it happens in the book. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've spoiled it. Um, but Achilles is very nice to watch, I have to say. Um, it's very much death, death, death. More death than all the death. But it preferred the Odysseus, where there is more death. But it's quite adventurous of, like, Cyclops, cannibals, monsters. Um, then he gets captured. And then he finally, eventually, he gets home. I mean, there is politics, as mentioned as well, but still. I would recommend both of them if you've never read them before. They're not as stuffy and kind of hoity-toity as I actually think that they would be. Um, but I did listen to them because I thought that they might be. But, I mean, if you can only read a book reading it, then go for it. But if you can sometimes listen to books, then go for it too. Alright, where was it? I have another page. Oh, I had been sewing. I finished, I finished something, 
I finished my blouse and this is McCall's pattern and it's M8067 because they're really, really um, enthusiastic, no, imaginative, I knew it began with I, imaginative about their pattern names or the sewist people. The crackling noises is Richard cleaning the fire. I don't think he needs it. Oh, it's not that cold. But it was quite cold yesterday, so he's maybe just cleaning it out after yesterday. So I had to put on the sleeves and then do the buttonholes for this blouse and the hem, which I managed without my mum. I was quite impressed with myself. However, I wasn't that impressed because the top buttonhole, like the way the neckline was that the blouse came together, um, it came in a V-shaped and the top buttonhole was above the straight part, straight up and down part of the neckline. So it was squint and I found it really, really difficult to place my buttonhole stitch needle type getting it to the right place and then kind of keeping it straight. So I unpicked the first one and because I was using almost the same colour thread as the fabric um, it was really quite difficult to unpick and then I was trying desperately not to put a hole into it because it's such a sharp unpicker it's a clover one I had to be really careful to do that so that was technical um, and the sleeve I managed to put a tiny little nick in the body as opposed to keeping it all into the sleeve I kind of looked at it and went and thought ah no it'll do and I went I wish I hadn't I wish I'd just kind of go no just unpick that bit so um for those who don't do it when you put in a sleeve you put all the um roughly part into the sleeve part and you keep the body straight and that's where you would put in a longer stitch and then you pull it tight and make it roughly. Some people have big ruffles, um, which is kind of trendy just now, big ruffly puffy sleeves. Anne of Green Gables would be so proud. But most sleeves, the fabric is too much for the shape of the body that it's going into, but you just have to do it. And then I overlocked it and it was past the point of actually getting back but the way that you can fix it is you put a pin either side on the body of it you pull it out and then you can just re-sew it and it for some reason or other fixes it it's amazing these little tips are great but did I do it? no, no I didn't <laughs> however I finished the blouse it looks unless I told you that I had done that you wouldn't notice and I was wearing it underneath a cardigan anyway. So where's it to school with a navy cardigan over the top of it with blue trousers. And I was wearing my face mask. It was one of these disposable ones, blue um, throwaway ones. And I came into the Balden after being outside for one reason or another. And the teacher went, oh, I thought you were the nurse because I thought your blouse was a scrub. So that's the colour of the top, but it looks like a scrub. That pause was me scratch my nose and I have a face on. <laughs> she wasn't too wrong. But yeah, I made that blouse. I didn't tell her that, but if you're listening, head teacher, I made that blouse. 
anyway, um, I was still quite impressed that I managed to finish it. So I was like quite inspired to cast, not cast on, sew on or cut out my next garment. So I want to make a skirt and this is a thread count TC2105. Because <laughs> you're obviously going to know exactly what it is from that, aren't you? Um, but this is, I think I mentioned it before, it's a high-low pattern. It's got a higher front than it has a back. And it has a zip and a waistband and pockets. It's because we all need pockets. I thought it was going to be too hard because there's only four pieces to it. But there's pockets and waistbands. And I'm just going to wait for my mum. <laughs> She's coming up on Wednesday, so hopefully we'll get it cut out for then. And also, I had bought some stretch jersey in a royal blue. Um, and I'm going to make another classic jersey dress, which I made last year. And this is another thread count pattern, TC2102. Because you're obviously going to know exactly what that is going to be without me having to tell you from any other imaginative um, descriptions. I'm dying. Can you just feel the dripping sarcasm coming off me? Mm -hmm. Wipe that off the bottom of the bus seat before you get off, listeners. Because <laughs> otherwise the people come on going, Oh no, there's sarcasm on the bus again. We can't cope with this. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, whatever you're sewing, I hope it goes a bit better than me. Um, and also, I was trying to do some needle punching. I bought a needle and stitch punch needle set uh, tool from Hobbycraft last year and didn't get on very well with it. So if you are a needle punch person, can you tell me a little bit, like what fabric is it? And um, just send me to decent videos or something because I'm not really getting on very well with it. Whereas I have seen some really, really, really cool needlecraft stuff, but I think I've got the wrong size of needle and I'm using the wrong type of fabric. So I just keep taking it out. And I looked up some, it said some kind of cloth, but I'm not sure if I'm doing wrong. And finally, listeners, there is a finally. My school this week on the radio station MFR, Murray Farf Radio, is School of the Week. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, Jodie does uh, um, the breakfast show and... Last Monday I was at school and because um, they had their school trips, so I was in random days last week, it was very confusing. And I get a phone call and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> and it was the really nice producer of our programme. Would you like to be School of the Week next week? And we went, what? <laughs> yes. Well, actually what I did was I'll just have to speak to our head teacher and the children because we give the children the final say and a lot of the decisions in the school because there's no point saying to them you're going to be school of the week next week and they don't want to do it because we respect the rights because we're a rights respecting school. And so we did and they did and we are. So today was one of our pupils and tomorrow is, well all week is going to be our pupils. And it was just really exciting. So the presenter, Jodie, phoned up on last Thursday to record it and um, pre-recorded it and then they edited it down. And <laughs> I've been on a totally fangirl. 
listeners who meet me at shows sometimes um, and you're like, oh, you're speaking back. And I've found that myself when I've been speaking to somebody that you've only ever listened to and you've had one side conversation and you think you know them better than you actually do. And they're like, oh, you're speaking back. And I was like, I'm such a fan. <laughs> and then I went all serious and yes, and blah, 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 and, and that's what's going to happen. And blah, blah, blah. But there at the end, I was like, I'm such a fan. <laughs> you know, shut up, Louise. Shut up. But she's so good with the children. She's just, she's really nice um, to speak to. So uh, thank you to Amy Farr for us being School of the Week. School of the Week. And on that note, listeners, that's it. I'm not going to put any more happy music on. I'm going to end it with some nice relaxing music and I'll make sure it's not too loud. If you want to contact me, you can do so on keithnesscraftcollective at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as keithnesscraft. Um, and you can get the podcast from its original site, unless you're catching this from any of your podcatchers, like a big butterfly mate. It's me, I'm in your butterfly net, you're not going to let me go. Um, is com. Thank you very much for listening to me splaff on. I hope that you're all very well. If you're not, please get better soon. Or if you're having a hard time, big hug. And as we can't fix it, we can sit with you. So, keep on crafting. And as Paula would say, hold your knitting close. Right, which is for my slick fingers. Dun 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 and relaxing. Oh, there we go. I think that's like that.